1: Welcome back and happy Tuesday. It is just after Memorial Day weekend here in the States, so you yeah. probably didn't work yesterday if you were uh if you were in the US. If you're not in the US, we we know you had a weekend recently. But uh, Paul and I had very different Memorial Day weekends, and somewhere in there I took a fun drive with my son on the now open roads.
0: Are they all open? Everything in Utah is open They're now? They're all open. I well, did I, I did uh, I, Wolf I Creek, which we love. <laughs> because I, I'm not was, there.
1: I, I know you're in Alaska still. No, I was I was gonna do uh, Mirror Lake Highway, but I had just cleaned the Lotus, and I could see. And, and you got to drive your stuff, of course. But but I just cleaned yeah, the Lotus, yeah. and I didn't want to purposely. Plus, that car didn't want to purposely drive through rain. If it, if it rains on it, it's fine. But it's like I'm not gonna go seek out rain. Right. I could see After by the mountains that uh, right. Exactly, I could see by the mountains and Mirror Lake was definitely being rained on. So we did Wolf Creek Pass and got in and out of rain, and we had a blast. It's so much fun driving, just a blast. And he was playing DJ, which is what he does when he sits with my phone and decides what we're listening to. <laughs> of course, he which does. is not always the music I want to hear, but he's he's excited and enjoying himself. So we're we're rattling along. Cool. And I I mentally I didn't tell you this, but I mentally had this thought. Okay, all right, I'm here with my son. It's I, I don't know how how clean the road's going to be. You know, it's right. just been opened a few weeks. Uh, you know, it's been raining, so it's it's not like wet right now. But let me just—I'm going to go like six, seven tenths. You know, I'm just going to—I'm okay. going to go quickly, but I'm not going to hammer it because of all of those situations. Right, right, right. At one point, he looks at me and he goes, um, "Hey, hey, Dad," and I said, "Yeah." He said, "Would you um, would you slow down a bit?" <laughs> but I said, "Really? Uh, sh- sh- sure, sure, buddy, sure. What's up?" And he goes. And, and as you know, my, my son has kind of a ridiculous vocabulary because he has me for a father and I don't <laughs> shut up either. Uh, but he's, he, he every now and then, he does that, that kid thing where he applies a word that does not apply right, right. to a situation. Well, this this point, he, he, I, I had to listen twice. I had to literally ask him to tell me this twice because he said, um, Dad, I, I know that when you drive fast, you're, I had to write it down so I, I could read it back because it's so odd. Dad, I know that when you're driving fast, you're, you're, you're comfortant about it. But I'm not as confident as you are.
0: I love that word. And I said, I said,
1: uh, I'm literally thinking, are you thinking that I'm confident and you're not confident? Are you thinking I'm competent? Are you thinking (laughs) you're comfortable? I said, I don't know which one of these that is. So I (laughs) said, are you just saying that you're not exactly? I said, you're, you're not, you're just not confident and comfortable. And what's going on, buddy? He goes, yeah, I'd like you to slow down a little. So I did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> until later on in the day when we both got com- comfortable, or I guess, comfortant. We both got comfortant, and then I went much faster. Comfortant. And we both thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. I oh, love uh, it. Yeah, so, so he, he had a, we re- realized he had a different level of uh, comfortant
0: than I do. So there was the word of the day. I don't know what it means, but there you go. That's awesome. I mean, you, you kind of get it. It's like the word overneath. You, you kind of understand. You <laughs> it's put overneath. underneath it the thing. Yes. And you kind of get well, it.
1: When, when he was really little, and you've probably seen him do this, we would be building Lego. And he would so, say, Dad, where's the constructions? And I thought, you know what? Why are they called instructions? Because honestly, constructions
0: is better. That's way better. You're right. Well, let's say uh, I'm glad you got out with, uh, with him and went for a drive. I've been very much itching to get out. But vacationing in Alaska is very different. And it's surprising yeah, for sure. when you for see sure. a sports car here. It's it's shocking. It's just motorhomes and RVs and trucks everywhere, and it's yeah. cool and wow. all, and they're it's functional because you got to tow your fishing boat and haul firewood, and you need your pickup truck for all sorts of reasons, you know. But sure, yeah. Uh, just just seeing a Mercedes SL is like a <laughs> spaceship here, and I think why am I looking yeah. at this car? It's so commonplace. It'd be a dime a dozen in L.A. or Atlanta or Chicago or New York or wherever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. here, it's like this golden spaceship that dropped down on, onto the road. And I <laughs> think <laughs> there's enthusiasts here. And I actually, there was a local car show, too. And there was actually a nice really? 68 Camaro. And there was uh, Mercury huh. Monterey and some older stuff. It was actually kind of cool. You know, these guys are have got their cars sitting in garages all winter long. And finally, Memorial Day weekend, they pull them out. They're ready to go. And OK, cool. it, there's some cool stuff here. So I like seeing that. And it, yeah. it just sort of, yeah, it just sort of reminded me like, oh yeah, right, there's there's cool cars here too it was It was great, but mostly it's trucks and gigantic trucks for sure is what it is. Man, no kidding. No kidding. Well, we want to thank you
1: guys for joining us for Podcast 300. We got a lot of really good comments on that. Thank you guys for sending in like yeah. 200 yeah. questions. We didn't begin to cover all of them, but we got, got a lot Can't of really random it. topics. Uh, this podcast, we're back to normal programming. That means we're actually covering car debates. We have a great one from Wolf Kenneth, with on it, which honestly, Wolf Kenneth is the coolest actual given name I think has ever written <laughs> into us. He's writing in from Pennsylvania, and also we have Jason writing in from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, They're both riding in with very different car debates, and we have many, many social media questions to cover in the back half, so lots to cover and kind of normal programming. If you just joined us for Podcast 300, 301 will be what we normally do, so thanks for being here.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, Wolf, we're jumping right in, and I love that your email said, look, this is what it says on my license, guys. I'm (laughs) telling you. Well, yeah, I agree. Cool name. He is 26, and he has a two-part problem here. So mm-hmm. he has been a trucker for five years, which means he's home every other weekend. So he's on the road yeah. a lot. And yeah. thank you for listening to the podcast. And we hope we're accompanying you wherever you are. This is this is pretty cool. I, I love that you're listening to us and dreaming about cars while you're over the road trucking and and sitting in your gigantic yeah, that's tractor cool. trailer. But what's cool is he recently bought a house, and now he's got a two-car garage, which mm-hmm. one space is occupied by his girlfriend's car. And he still has an empty spot, and he's looking to fill it up. Now, awesome. That's what we're here for. Perfect. Perfect. Exactly. So he has not owned a car since he started trucking because, of course, it didn't make much sense. And he'd hardly be there, as he says. But his first car was a 1998 Mitsubishi Eclipse. You remember these cars? I thought they were so Absolutely. cool. And it was like yeah. we talk about – manufacturers at the top of their game, like Acura mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. Honda, I'll just say Honda for the Acura yeah. NSX yeah, yeah. and the S2000, the Eclipse, the Mitsubishi Eclipse then with the turbocharged all-wheel drive, the Eagle Talon, remember that car that is the mm-hmm. sister yep. car, yep. The I rebadge, loved yep. these things. And they were high strung and very sort of mysterious to me then, just sort of, you know, mm-hmm. what is this cool car and, and you know, the they screen performance and you know where do you go? Where do you take these cars? And and uh, a buddy of mine in high school had one. And we took it up into the mountains, and of course in Colorado, the turbocharger was awesome. So yeah, I, I remember yeah. these cars; they were just wrapped around you. I really feel like that was Mitsubishi. The Evo aside, of course, the Evo is their, you know, their. Swan song, I suppose you could say, but it just—they used to build cars. <laughs> that Eclipse proved yeah, it. Sorry yeah. for the side note, side rant, I suppose. No, you're right though. They—they—they they, they definitely. That was—you're <laughs> absolutely right. Hey, that was when remember they the cool killing. cars you used to be built? Yeah, yeah. When, remember when it wasn't all
1: CVTs
0: and and bland yeah. vehicles? But whatever. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that was his first car he bought with his first job at Walmart. He said he was working like crazy. He paid four thousand dollars for the Eclipse and sold it for forty two hundred. So he even made a profit on it. That's going the it. right way. Bravo. <laughs> no, kidding. Rare that that happens. So he took care of it. And then after he started the trucking business, he would just borrow his mom's Acadia or his girlfriend's car and and mm-hmm. just kind of make do with what he got. And so now he's, of course, a car guy, as we know. He couldn't drive boring vehicles all of his life. So he bought an 08 GSXR sports bike. So he bought a Jixer. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the cleanse, I suppose, when you're – Mm-hmm. lumbering along you just you have got the need for speed you come home and ride your speed. bike opposite it. end of the spectrum but but he did say <laughs>
1: you know look the bike's been great as kind of like a stopgap, but yeah. it's also made him realize that he prefers cars so now we're shopping mm-hmm. trying to find wolf a, a cool car he's got he'd like to spend about 25 grand he said if we push him so this is his paul limiter uh, is about twenty eight grand, and then he says, "Paul, if you go to thirty, I'm going to laugh at you." <laughs> so, know. so thirty is out. Thirty is completely out. So I'm he, he him. would prefer. Yeah, he would prefer to have a new experience out of this too. So he's requested either rear wheel drive or all wheel drive because he's had front wheel drive. But this is. Let's be honest. This is not a car that's going to commute. It's not a car that's going to do the daily anything. This
0: is a car that's going to be fun. Yeah, for sure. All right, so Wolf. Like I said, love your name that 's so cool man uh, <laughs> you 've got to get a car that sort of fits your name and fits the proclivities that you 've got when you get home and you've you just have to let it out and you you know maybe you get home late and you 've got to go for a midnight run kind of thing or a midnight yeah, blast these These are the things that are on my mind as I went shopping for you, and again i i 'm sticking to the twenty eight thousand dollars I get it. There's a second part to this here that Wolf is asking because of the car sitting. He says cars either have to sit for fourteen days or thirty days, so guys, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. should I do to prep it so it works you know fine next time that I drive it? Are there any things you know that I need to consider for the short to medium term car storage, you know, short of taking the battery out and you know doing that kind of thing, which you don't need to do. But what are some things that we can touch on? I thought we could touch on that after we get to our car choices. And he's also asking for manual choices. And he says – he wraps up his email here and says, keep in mind I'm 26 and I want something hair on fire. Yep, so I thought, yep, all yep. right. I mean, he, is, he said if the car is going to
1: sit, should he have his girlfriend started and drive it while he's gone? But she does not want to drive manual. So that right. makes him go, do I need to get an auto or can I just can I let the car sit for a couple of weeks with a manual? I would say probably, but let, yeah, let's get back to that in a minute. Uh, Yeah, the hair on fire thing is where he ends his email. So I created kind of three things here, three pairs. I have kind of the light and fun pair, the usable but, but attitude, just an attitude car, and then a couple of wild cards.
0: <laughs> nice. All right, Wolf, I've got three cars for you, and I'm starting out good. with two. But I think that if you buy these cars, I'm just saying this, I think your girlfriend might enjoy driving them maybe more than her car, so she might drive hmm. them more often than you think, which could be a good thing because – She'll love driving your car, and it'll keep it nice for you, ready when you get back. So I started with the BMW 235i S. So the M235i, they are now $28,000 with low mileage. Okay, I guess that's true. That's true. Very very fair. Get those with DCT, which is great. Those are fun cars. When you get into the high rev range, they are hair on fire. Believe Mm -hmm. me. They're Mm -hmm. great. But I thought, all right, as good as a starting point as that is – it's European. It's German. It's going to need some maintenance, and it's going to need maybe sure, more sure. care and feeding than your average Japanese or American car.
1: I like it. Like that. That. So way I of thought,
0: yep. okay, I'm going to leave that as the starting place. So I went after a 2015 Lexus RC350, the Lexus hmm. Coupe, 19,000 miles for $27,000. That's really good. I'm surprised. Thought, okay, that's a 350. That's a three fifty RC three fifty. That kind of money. Yep, that's a that's a lot of car for that amount of money. I agree. Only nineteen thousand miles. Things barely yeah. broken in. So I'm yeah thinking, yeah okay all right. This all right. could be a good choice, but again, I see your girlfriend gravitating towards that, and then maybe never letting it go. So therefore, you'd be writing back to us and shopping again with, "Hey guys, sure, my girlfriend sure. took my car because she loved it so much." Yeah. So th- I left that there, but keep in mind, you know that that's the Japanese car. I think it'll just. Be fine sitting for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. But then I came back to your name. A guy like you has (laughs) to drive a 2017 Camaro SS with the 6.2 liter V8 21,000 miles for 28 grand. That comes with the eight speed automatic, so it has not yet graduated to the 10 speed that Todd and I drove when we compared it to the GT350R Mustang. True, but true. This true, car yeah. is a monster, and the good yeah, thing is yeah. because it's going to be sitting for long periods of time, you won't roast through the back tires as quickly as most people would. Not as quickly. Yeah, that's I'm true. I'm gonna say about every four thousand miles with all the burnouts and and hard starts that you do. <laughs> I think you're gonna get about four thousand miles, so you're gonna need to throw some money at that. I'm I'm <laughs> loving you. Just strike me as nice. a Camaro SS guy in 2017 I see it. I with see that it. V8. I actually rented one at the San Jose Airport. Uh, I don't know, a year ago, a year or two ago. I just thought, wait, Avis gave me a Camaro SS. Uh, I remember. Let's yeah. see, <laughs> every yeah. stoplight, every single one, just going through their tires, and and the car had four thousand <laughs> miles on it. The tires were done. So, not 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 your
1: tires, but I, great <laughs> choice. Well done. I like it. Good, good, good.
0: So that's where I'm at for you, Wolf. Okay. I, I
1: like those. For well, you. I. I I stayed in a similar world. I actually uh, kind of naturally avoided uh, German cars as well because I just thought, all right, something that needs to just run easily, it's going to be easy to maintain, yeah. it'll sit for a bit and that's fine. So in the light and fun category, these are cars that, that they're, their reason for you to get them is just because this is an occasional car. It's just a fun car. Yeah, right. I don't know. You haven't really specified. Are you a guy that, that I mean, you said hair on fire, which I almost always equate with just sheer power. These are not cars for that. Okay. but they are right. cars that are just going to be fun to drive. I think they're going to feel more like your sport bike, but not as powerful. So of sure. course you you sure. need to look at the eighty six platform. So either the uh, the FRS or the BRZ. With this kind of money, you can get. I mean, you can get a used one with ten grand left over. Okay, you have money left over. You can have your pick. And in the same category, in the same rough price point, shop S two thousands because. That, that car, we've talked about it before. That is a very unique car. It doesn't, it doesn't really have an equal anymore, okay? The Miata is much – I know this sounds crazy. The Miata is much more usable than the S2000 at this point. Sure. But so the S2000, it, it's just your fun car. Right, and right. I think your girlfriend would like, would like being in it. She might even like learning to drive it. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> and this 2,000 is just going to run. You could yeah. get one right now for, your for you know, like 16, 18. You could get a really nice one, with it, which would probably have, you know, let's say 60, 80,000 miles. That car is going to run to 150, and you're going to rarely put miles on it. So in the light and fun category, those are my two. Okay. I thought of usable usable with attitude. And this kind of plays to what you said, Paul, with his name. And just because do you want something that is a lot of attitude and a lot of power, but isn't necessarily agile? And I'm not sure what you're shopping for, but in that world, I'm glad you brought up the Camaro because that was almost on this list. But but just thinking in usable and attitude, I went, how much Dodge Challenger can you afford? Oh,
0: okay. At 26
1: grand, I think go back a bit at twenty six grand, I think you're gonna find yourself a really nice hemi version of that car. You're not in Hellcat land, but you don't need to be. But find you're a easy really nice SRT he- mode. Easy. Absolutely. Oh absolutely. So find yourself a nice SRT Hemi Hemi motor in that. That that is the best attitude of any of the muscle cars. If you like attitude, that is your winner. I actually also recommend you can get yourself a not very old Mustang GT for this kind of money. Like mm. a current GT for this kind of money. And that's going to have plenty of power, plenty of attitude. The only reason I have it on here instead of the Camaro is because you can see out of it better. But Fair you already enough. mentioned the Camaro, Paul. So Fair I'm enough. glad that you br- I'm glad you brought it up because it really sh- all three should be mentioned here. So I'm glad you brought up the SS because the Camaro would be a blast. The Mustang GT would be the easier thing to get in and out of and just be able to see. Now I'm a guy that I drive tiny cars. I can't see out of, so it doesn't matter to me. But <laughs> that can be a factor. So Mustang GT is on there, and then I have two wild cards. Okay, wild cards because I just thought, okay, these could be all arounds. You need to drive them. You need to see. One is. They've been out forever. They're too old. They should be replaced at this point. But the Nissan 300, 300, 370Z, come on, the Z car, Interesting. has been around so long, for twenty six grand, you could get... I mean, the best thing about those cars is their value used. They're too expensive new and they're True. too old at this point to I buy the new. I agree.
0: It's like an old new car because they haven't changed yeah. it in so long and everybody's waiting to see what they do next and it's kind of like but, yeah. guys, it's way past due Nissan. Totally. Totally. But but good car, good handling, fun engine
1: will just run. You'll have options like crazy for 26 grand. Yeah. So shop 370s easy. it's it's probably not the one that we would normally run to first first and foremost, but you've got to at least drive one. And then also because of your past love of the Mitsubishi Eclipse, I have to bring it up. Drive yourself a late Mitsubishi Evo 10. Ooh. You want a rear wheel drive or all-wheel drive, you need to at least drive one because that connects back to your Mitsubishi roots. Like it's it. not gonna feel it's not gonna feel like stuff you've had before. It is the most I know this sounds insane, it is the most usable of all the cars I've mentioned because it is an actual four-door with four seats. But you could get that in there a uh, dual clutch. Your girlfriend could drive it But yet, if you want to hoon that car and feel hair on fire, it will do all of the above. So those are my two wild cards. So six options for you, Wolf. Hopefully something in there. Plus drive all the stuff Paul mentioned. Drive all these, and I am certain one of them will strike you.
0: Very nice. I like the Mitsubishi connection back there, too. Because those two are the Eclipse and the Evo are the the heyday cars for Mitsubishi. Those are
1: the ones, aren't they? Yeah.
0: Just come on. Where did they go? They just fell off the Mm -hmm. radar despite the fact they still advertise on television. Which is, (laughs) I I look at them and I just think, you've lost it. you just lost your mojo. But Wolf, you know, what you could do as a fun date night exercise is, you know, make a list of all the cool vanity plates that you might consider to get on whatever new car that you're getting. You can't rename your car. You cannot put SRT on the license tag. But it has to combine, you know, something with your name or your background or some hobby of yours or something that you love combined with whatever car and something cool and creative because... You, my friend, have got to have a vanity tag that's something cool that makes people go, huh so there you go, date night exercise when you this also you may can.
1: be the first time in three hundred plus podcasts you have recommended a vanity plate to someone I'm quite impressed I am
0: quite impressed I waited until plates until now. for wolf all right, hey he has the name for it. he has the name for it. For no sure. kidding, you really like it. Well, there's a few things to consider for that storage thing, and, and I told you we'd touch on these very quickly. And this goes for anybody who's thinking about the, the two-week-to-a-month storage. And I will okay. admit that I do use tire cradles during the winter because I don't want flat spots on my tires. But that's kind of for longer term. I mean, two weeks, you're fine. 30 yeah, days or yeah. longer, I'd say, look into the tire cradle thing. There's a bunch of different manufacturers. You can find them on Amazon. You can find them everywhere. As a matter of fact, GRIOS yeah. has them too, I believe. They carry some. And it just you, you could the leave them in the garage. You just pull them up, pull up on them like like
1: yeah. shallow ramps. I mean, exactly you just leave
0: right. There. Yeah, exactly right. And so they kind of you know they're the shape of a, a tire, and they keep it uniform shape. If you're worried about that, but I would call your insurance agent and ask, hey, I do have this situation. What about a lower mileage policy for the year? And they will mm. ask you for mm-hmm. your mileage mm-hmm. time. It's not a in and out of storage kind of policy. It's just an overall uh, a mileage for the year. And just say, look, I'm driving the car less. Could I get a break on my rate? And That's good. see what they That's say. That's good. Yeah. Something yeah, to yeah, consider. Yeah. Like I said earlier, you don't need to take the battery out of the car. That's for very long-term kind of thing. And of course, restorations. But you might consider a battery maintainer depending on how long you're gone. But it might not be necessary if your girlfriend is driving it and then loving and falling in love with your new car. And keeping it rolling around none of this stuff will matter but finally if you really want to go over the edge you could consider the lightweight thin car cover just to keep it dust free and perfect sure. inside the garage sure. yeah just you saying could. that's that's out there for some people I know good yeah I, I do like that just as a it's babies tucked away you know I, I anyway well, something to consider and,
1: and I would I would also get on, you, you've just made me think of this, I would also get on the forums for the car you're actually deciding on. Don't don't decide on the car because of what I'm about to say, but once you've decided on a car, look on the forums and mm. ask around on the forums yeah. if people have these cars they park for two weeks to a month, because what I have found, and I'll use the Lotus as an example, what I have found is different cars have different levels of battery drain when they're sitting still. Some sure. have almost none. Sure. Some will just randomly drain their battery pretty quickly with stuff that is just constantly pulling a little drain, and if it's sits there for two weeks to a month, you might actually be draining your battery a bit and you need a battery tender. The, the Lotus actually is a great example because you guys have heard me just rant before about the insane aftermarket battery that came <laughs> on, I mean, not battery, yeah. the alarm that came on the car oh, when yeah, it was yeah. originally new. And I pulled that and and one of the things i remember reading when i was reading the pros and cons of pulling me out of the system is that multiple guys said i don't have to use my battery tender anymore because the system always <laughs> pulled a current from oh the battery. The, the, the alarm always pulled a current and would drain their battery. These were guys that would drive the car every 10 days or so, and would, they would find the battery was getting drained in that amount of time by the way the alarm system worked. And once they took it out, they didn't have the problem anymore. I stored my wow. car all winter. I drove it about once a month. And I, I mean, I drove it like all day, once a month. So it wasn't like I even took it around the block. I gave it a good run. But right. I did not have a battery tender. And I really treated it from the demeanor of, let's see how this goes. And I huh. didn't have any problems. And I didn't have any problems because the main drain of the battery I'd removed So I would look into the forums and figure out – You any good
0: savvy Lotus owner does. You
1: would would think. (laughs) But I would say look into the forums of the car you're talking about and ask this question of the forums to see the car you're buying, what kind of drain does it do when it sits? Because that will define that pretty
0: quick. Wow. All right. Lots to think about, Wolf. Thank you very much for writing to us. And I will say, if you've got your own debate, please write to us. You can find us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website. Go directly to everydaydriver.com. You can find us right there. And there's a whole lot of stuff. There's multiple directions you can take with all the content coming at you. And the first two seasons, by the way, are on Amazon Prime. Seasons one and two are now available Amazon Prime. And we're still Mm -hmm. finishing things up for season three on Velocity Channel starting Absolutely. the first yep. Saturday in July. I just want to start getting everybody ready for that. Look for season three coming, and it's uh, it's going to be very fun, very diverse season for us. I love
1: I, it. I'm very impressed at how how diverse the season is. And actually, while we're talking about random bits of uh, of news, and promotion and also updates. A couple other things to know. By the way, two of our four feature films are now on Amazon Prime. 50 Years of 9-11 is up, and so is our BMW film icon. If you haven't seen the BMW film icon, you're a BMW guy, or you know someone that is, you can now get it streaming on Amazon Prime in addition to getting all of our films on Blu-ray. The last two films will wind up on Amazon here shortly. And then a final, last gasp, kind of uh, public service announcement. Our pilgrimage trip is announced for the beginning of August. August as of this recording we are low on our attendance numbers it's just the way it's worked out this year partially due to the the change in in uh, time frame and then we had some people that were in and now they're out so our numbers are changing we have a couple more weeks where we're going to give you the opportunity to sign up. If we don't get the numbers filled, unfortunately, the trip won't happen this year. Right. It'll right. happen next year, but we're, just, we're, we're trying to be realistic with what the trip costs versus uh, what we charge, and we have to have it actually exist in the black. So uh, that, <laughs> oh, that. that is going on this year. We'd love to have you. If you are considering it, sign up. We would love to take people that, that want to go. But if it doesn't happen this year, we'll let you know in the short term.
0: All right, guys. Well, we will take a short break, and we'll come right back. I'm not going very far. It's too uncomfortable. I'm in a hurry. Sometimes I just forget. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. You're not only putting yourself at risk of injury or death, it could also cost you lots of money. Cops are writing tickets, so why take the risk? Do the smart thing and start buckling up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.
1: Let's talk about Brush Hero real quick. It is a must-have, I think it is, for your car care arsenal. Brush Hero is water-powered. It's a detailing tool. It doesn't move quickly. It actually, it's this very simple little thing. You look at it and you think, how does this work? It's this very simple thing. It just has lots of torque. You can get two great brush heads, a soft one for sensitive surfaces and a harder one for stubborn, stubborn muck. I used it on a mountain bike and it was brilliant. While originally
0: designed for fast and easy expert-level car and motorcycle detailing, The Brush Hero can clean virtually anything, you name it, rain gutters, barbecues, lawnmowers, boats, and more. It's really easy to use. Just hook it up to any standard garden hose, flip the handy on-off switch, and start cleaning. It's a great gift idea, too. They've got an extensive line of gift sets and accessories.
1: Everyday driver listeners can enjoy 10% off their order at BrushHero.com with the code DRIVER. That's right, use the code DRIVER for this show to get 10% off. You can also find Brush Hero at select Costco and Walmart stores. If you don't want the discount... All orders over $40 ship for free, and
0: again, if you use the code DRIVER, you get 10% off. Everybody's got a to-do list. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't
1: have to drop off or pick up anything. All you do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% on your car insurance, or maybe even more. Got extra money in your
0: pocket? This just may be the most rewarding thing you do today. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. We've got a debate from Jason M. in Atlanta, who has written to us with a car he already owns. I want to describe this car and tell you about it. But he's writing really to say, guys, should I get out of this car? Should I keep it? Mm -hmm. I'm not really Mm -hmm. sure. You've got to hear about this car. It's a 2014 BMW 428i with the M Sport package and M Sport brakes the ZF8 transmission, so this is his first automatic. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it, we recommend get a BMW and get that M Sport package and as much M Sport yeah, stuff certainly. as you can screw in the car. Well, he loves it. He said it's decently fun and quick, but it's not super fast or really the enthusiast choice. And he kind of is thinking, I might have talked myself into this car thinking it mm-hmm. would be more of an enthusiast choice than it really is. But that's yeah, okay. Yeah. He still loves it. It's more on the numb and luxurious side he describes, which is fair. But then on the other hand, he's got this hour commute in Atlanta traffic every day. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's he's kind of thinking, well, should I keep it? Should I let it go? What should I do? And then should I let it go? Then what? So I like your email here. And it's not often that we get emails that, hey, I've got this car. I'm willing to let it go despite my love for it, but I'm curious as to what you think about uh, the the things that he wrote to us about the car and the situation that he's in. I think it's kind of fascinating. I mean, it does feel like you mentioned it
1: yourself, Jason. You said you wonder if you talked yourself into this car. It kind of sounds like you did because you said you really stretched your budget. You stretched to the upper level of what you even should have thought about spending, and you're now spending that on the car. And you don't spend it on the car grudgingly. You like it. But you're realizing, I am stretched to the max to afford this car, and I'm often driving it thinking, I wish this was more fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's an interesting kind of collision of realities there. Because, you know, the, the wor- honestly, we've talked about it before on the podcast. The worst thing in the world is you've stretched your budget and you just flat out don't like a car. That's the worst That's ever. a situation. Okay? It doesn't sound so like that's where Jason's at with this. We're not quite there, but he keeps asking himself, it does happen. I'm spending a lot of money on this. I'm spending mm-hmm. a lot of money on this, and I keep wondering if it would be more fun than it is. Could it be more fun? Did I talk myself into this car? Yeah. So your, your number one question is, should I get rid of it? And if so, then what? And what I find as a fascinating twist is if you get rid of this car, you would think, with what that car probably cost new, I would expect you to be coming with a $30,000 budget. If you get rid of this car, you don't want to spend over fifteen grand.
0: Yeah. So you were
1: going, going to downgrade, which says to me right away that, yes, you probably are stretched for this car. And the second thing I want to say is, honestly, man, I think you need to get rid of it. And no, here's why. Uh, no, go ahead. You, I'm go curious. on. Well, I, I was going to say, because one of the things you said is, I do like it maybe if i tuned it at an exhaust did this did that to it maybe i could make myself like it and i thought that's a big red flag to me because right. tune I, I'm, it I'm always until you concerned like it,
0: rather than tuning. Yeah, it a flag exactly, class. <laughs> tune exactly. It until you like I'm it always well, what's concerned that money pit look like? with
1: somebody has a car that they're like it's okay maybe if i did and they bring out the list and we've all got that list we've all yeah. got that list maybe if i if i started throwing the list at it, and i really think and i'm going to go to the frs for a second but you know my Lotus counts or, or you know the Sabaru counts. In, in the case okay. of all of these cars, right. I already liked them. I could tell you my list of stuff I do because I thought it would help the things about the car that were a little bit lesser or could be a little bit more. But I already thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. You don't already think it's fun. And I'm worried about you kind of well, – let's put it, put it this way. You're going to go into R&D, Jason. You're just going to start throwing stuff at the car to see if it made it better. <laughs> I don't like that. I think that's bad for you. And especially with a car, if, if this was a car that you had bought for 15 grand, you wanted to do that, I would say play around. Why not? But since you're stretched, I'm going to say, let's let this go.
0: Let's spend that lesser amount and find something that is flat out fun. You've mentioned here, Jason, that you're craving something sportier and sometimes something cheaper. And your statement about, I can easily afford the monthly payments, but cheaper would allow funds for a motorcycle as well, and then I wouldn't have to worry about being in this situation. So there's something about that that caught my eye, that I can afford mm, the payments. Mm. Maybe you can, but then there's the choice that you're coming to is, do I want to afford the payments? Do I yeah, actually yeah. want to throw down for that? Whether or not sure. you can or not, if you can, great. If you can't, we, you know, you'll know, but... If you don't want to afford that car, then that is also saying to me, it's time. And then again, tuning mm-hmm. until you like mm-hmm. it is something we never recommend because you think, all right, that $1,200 exhaust will make me like my car 3% more. How do you know? How do you know? <laughs> yeah. And now yeah, you've yeah. thrown a whole bunch of money, and then you're in a situation you think, okay, well, I can still afford the car. I can still afford the car. And then you're trying to convince yourself rather yeah. than going yeah. for something else. And this other thing where you say, I currently owe what the car is worth, right about in there. And so that says to me, mm-hmm. you're not in a place where you'd lose money. If that were the case, yeah. it would be a different conversation with Todd and I. We'd think, okay, maybe if you're super upside down, all right, maybe let's find a way for you to extract more enjoyment out of the car. That's not the case Yeah, but either.
1: he's, he's got his chance to get money. out.
0: It's kind of right now. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. right. And he said his commute also just increased the mileage distance. So – all right, I have a car for you that you need to consider, but I want to ask, I, I want to talk about these other things that you've uh, written to us here. And he says, Well, maybe I should pay this off and keep it forever. Nope, you shouldn't. I think you should sell it. <laughs> Thank you. I had the exact same thought, but I love that you went right there and said, nope, we're not doing that. That's not happening. And the fact that you're looking for a motorcycle says, Okay, you want to split some funds and then pull some back to have in reserve, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, you've, all good. You mentioned this 7,000 to 15,000 dollar ballpark. I promptly mm-hmm. went to 18 with the choice that I think you should buy, but of course I you think did. it's going to be worth it.
1: But <laughs> but still, you're
0: much cheaper than I would expect the budget to be here. So so well done. Keep going. Well, thank you. I, yes, I'm I'm curious to know what you think about this eventually, Jason. I'll get to this, but I want you to consider this. And you mentioned the Civic SI, the WRX, a GTI. You said your wife hates the GTIs? I'm <laughs> I noticed that. I'm Floored by that, but okay. You go on to mention the 350Z, a G35, and the ZHP version of the E46 BMW 3 Series. Okay. If you can find one. If, cool exactly. if you can find one. Yeah. And then you've got the uh, the Toyota 86 twins on here, which is great. You've got something to be reliable. You need that reliability because of the traffic, and you just want that. And then the bike should be the, the fun zip around, take it out for a Saturday morning kind of thing. All right. Mm-hmm so here 's where i 'm at. Your list spurred this twenty thirteen infinity g thirty seven coupe that I found mm-hmm. but i thought i thought
1: I thought of that as well. I think it's a great one
0: it's great. I just think it's not the uh, i guess i 'm thinking the the numb and escapist kind of quality that the four series currently has. It's still a larger, heavier car, but it's going to be excellent in traffic. So what Mm -hmm. means more to you, Jason? That's my question for you. We like the car. I can see you sitting in traffic in it. Is it a let's go for a drive or go anything remotely sniffing around canyon roads or track driving? Mm -hmm. You could. They've got that, you know, Infinity Performance League version, maybe. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, possibly. It also led me to a 2013 Golf R, but... Your wife doesn't like the GTI, so if agreed. she doesn't like the GTI, she's not going to like a GTI with more power and <laughs> all-wheel drive.
1: Guaranteed. What do you mean you bought a GTI? Why doesn't it say GTI on the back? It's just a GTI. <laughs> exactly. No, no, honey, it's a Golf R. No, 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 it just looks like a GTI. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You said you didn't that, like GTI. That I nowhere. didn't
0: buy one. <laughs> that, goes, that goes nowhere fast. Yeah, agreed. So the car, Jason, that I think you should buy, and it's a BMW as well, I found a dark blue 2012 BMW 135i with 41,000 really? miles for $18,000. And yes, you can get that seven-speed DCT transmission in that car.
1: Hmm. It's
0: for sale. It just so happens it's on the opposite coast from where you're located. It's out in Northern California. But still, that proves they're available for this price. 41,000 miles, it's perfect. It's gorgeous. It's got beautiful wheels on it, Eighteen grand. And I think that's something that you would enjoy. And you think, okay, I'm, I'm now still in a BMW. I'm getting the okay. handling and the driving performance that I want out of it. Keep in mind, still a twin-turbo, 300-horsepower engine in the car. And yeah. you've got that DCT, so that covers your I'm-sitting-at-Atlanta-traffic kind of. Hmm. I think that could be your car, my friend. If it's not that one, go shop for 135i's. You can find the sport package, the M-Sport package. We recommend that. As you know, you've gotten that on your other cars. Yeah. But still, far less that leaves you money for a motorcycle and breathing room, and you think, okay, I'm Mm -hmm. using my money more wisely for my enthusiast proclivities. That's where I'm at Hmm. for you, Jason. Interesting. Interesting. Okay.
1: Well, I like that. I actually thought of the, the G37 as well because I think the G37 Coupe, you wind up with that, get yourself a G37S. I think it has more personality than your 428 would. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. it's gonna have it's now it's a naturally aspirated engine too. I think I think the engine personality may be a little bit different. It might be a wash, but if it's a wash in experience, but it's costing you far less, is that a win? I think it might be. So I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's worthwhile. I have to I have to mention this, Jason. You need to go drive the 86. I know I beat on this car as the answer to all questions. I know it happens a lot. <laughs> For me, the answer is not Miata. The answer is 86. But but here's the thing. Go drive that and go drive it in the six-speed auto, which is actually a decent auto with paddles. So it's a car that I wouldn't – I mean, you have to ask yourself, and this is a personal thing. Would you sit and stop and go on a stick shift? Because, mm. yes, the stick shift would be more fun. But when I lived in Los Angeles, I was thrilled to have an automatic 300ZX Nissan not, uh, five days of the week because the other days yeah. of the week, that was when I wanted the, uh, the stick shift. But five days a week, I was ecstatic it was not automatic. So you have to really ask yourself, do I want to do, because a lot of the modern, uh, the modern uh, manuals, you, you can handle them in traffic. They're not going like, to have these huge, heavy clutches most of the time. The 86 right. clutch is not heavy. A lot of the, the little cars, I mean, the Golf, I know we're avoiding Golfs, but seriously, it's a perfect example for a light switch clutch feel. You could do that in traffic and never care. Your foot's not even going to get tired. But do you want to do that or not? So I do think that the 86 is compelling because it has a worthwhile automatic that is still – I mean, we've tracked it. It's still fun when you can drive the car hard. Right, And I think, you know, when you're sitting in traffic, you don't need a lot of power. And then I'm I'm guessing you want something that is fun – when you're not sitting in traffic, and if you can go to find a fun road, that's when you're going to like that car. So at least drive it. But I have a wild card because I think you're going to think I'm insane initially. Uh-oh. But they, are, but they are this price, and I think you should take a serious look. Okay. You can get them an automatic. It would be a fun car. I think it's a car that's going to have far more personality than where you have, and you can get them for your budget. Porsche Boxster.
0: Wait, 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 wait! Did you just suggest a Porsche that is more than the budget that I used here? Did you just blow no, two I, categories? No, I, I
1: didn't. I didn't go through the budget. That's what I'm saying. That's the the real mischievous thing about a Boxster. I'm talking about the base Boxster. Okay, okay all right, all right. The base Boxster. You can get ones. I'm looking at. I've, I've got pages in front of me right now. The O sixes and up. I, I've got O sixes. I've got O eights. And I'm talking. These cars are all sixty thousand miles or less. And they're all less than eighteen grand. All of them are less than eighteen grand. Some of them are running fifteen grand. Okay, so go go take a serious look at a Porsche Boxster because you're going to maintain all of the. This is a nice place to be that you have in your BMW. You're going to maintain all of that. Mm. But then when you have a fun road, it's going to be that much more fun. It's going to have that much more personality and rotation and all that kind of thing. You live in Atlanta. It's a nice day outside. You can drop the top. True. I think the only concern here is. You buy one and you take it to an independent Porsche mechanic and get him to do a really, really good, what does this car need? Please do it now. That could be IMS, whatever yeah. it is. Just yeah. just go get all that done. You might even find a Boxster S for this. I found a couple at this price that are a Boxster S, which if you can get them more power, bonus. But honestly, man, there are lots. And I mean, I've got in front of me literally pages of options. I started with our friends at Auto Tempest. I've run around all over the place. There's pages of options here that you can find these cars and the thing I'm most surprised by is they aren't as high mileage as I expected. I expected I'd be looking at a page of cars with 90,000 miles on them. They're 60 and below. Interesting. So, you know, at that huh. point, do the okay. make sure the 40,000 mile major service was done and and do whatever the car needs, but but the thing is, I feel much more confident about you buying a used 60,000 mile Boxster than a used 60,000 mile BMW because our experience suggests, and everyone I know experience suggests, that car's just going to keep running if you do maintenance to it.
0: Yeah, no kidding. And
1: now you've got a convertible that has got a solid automatic that you can drive on a fun back road if you get the opportunity. I, don't, I did not expect when I first started digging that that was possible here, but your budget makes it possible.
0: Go take a look. Wow. I'm encouraged. That's great news. Everybody can get one now. <laughs> Boxster's for everyone. Hey, well, but, everyone. one you know, <laughs>
1: think think about it. You know, uh, Chance, who shoots for us, he he and his wife, they bought that uh, that what theirs is an O six, right? Isn't it an O six? It's want it's, it's not an the first gen Boxster. Maybe I'll it is, it's but 08. it's uh, it's a limited edition, and so they paid a little more than Jason's budget here. But it's a unique car. It's a ne- yeah. unique version of the yeah. And but it's not an S either. And so, you know, that's what I'm saying. Right. These standard Boxsters are. They're, they're they're compellingly cheap. That's what's happened with them. They're so cheap, it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. Is that I mean, a shirt honestly, I'm hearing?
0: Is that the beginnings yes. of a shirt? Compellingly cheap? Here's, here's, here's the thing. We're
1: talking about, you, you can get, this will blow your mind, you could get yourself an 06 or 07 Honda S2000 or an 06 or 07 Porsche Boxster for the same money.
0: Holy moly, we need to...
1: That's the world we're now in.
0: Ah, the garage of greatest hits cars. We need to build Mm -hmm. this garage somehow. It's starting
1: to happen. It's crazy. So, Jason, take a look here. Hopefully something will happen here. Also, for those of you that are are struggling and climbing up off the floor right now, you did hear it. I recommended a Porsche, and Paul was surprised. That did just happen. (laughs) But thanks for being with us on the podcast.
0: All right. So jumping to audience questions here, thanks for writing in, even on a holiday, which is so great. And I've got to start with Rodney's question here on Facebook. He's asking, best car for a Memorial Day or July 4th parade? I kind of wrestled with this, but then I had to start at the beginnings of, what do I want my parade car to do? Well, it's got to carry people, right? It's got to carry people and stuff. Yeah. All right. And people need to see you. So that Mm -hmm. means it's got to be a big car to carry lots of people, but when people need to see you, I think convertible. And that means I've got to go back to the classic... The car, the Cadillac, the 1962 Cadillac Series 62, the the big convertible, the big one that has okay. 18 okay. feet of trunk behind the rear wheels or however far that car is. It's, it's enormous. Yeah, for sure. I love that car. It's eye-catching. It's beautiful. People want to go for a ride, and everybody loves you when you're driving this car. So I'm okay. going for the okay. big Cadillac. I'm always intrigued by those. You know, the steering is so easy. You can turn with a pinky finger you know just super <laughs> yeah. easy yeah way overboosted.
1: the old the old land yachts for sure yeah, well along the, that, that category I, I have to say the old uh, the original lincoln continental uh suicide door convertible yeah that's got to be up there uh, too i'm going to mention the elephant in the room don't drive it by a book uh, depository in dallas but other than that it's a fantastic <laughs> parade car sorry was that too soon anyway uh, but no so so there's 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 that there's that so i think that's an option but then i also had this thought a car that you would imagine in any american parade that i don't think anybody's going to have anything but kind of a, oh cool there's one of those and that is the first two or three years of the mustang convertible so like a 65 to 67 mustang Interesting.
0: that's just that's
1: that's that's americana in parade form right there you're sitting in the, you know on the on the, <laughs> the trunk your feet are on the no. back seat somebody's driving you it's just it's
0: a nice old mustang gets it done slightly insulting to the design team but i do take your point you've designed a parade float everyone good job well, on that great i don't card. i don't mean that's all it's good for i just mean we're talking about memorial
1: day or july 4th these are like the super american parade days sure and you see a, a first-gen mustang roll through and you just think
0: yeah bring on the apple pie you know what i mean sure i hear that no i love it i love it that's excellent All right. What else you got? What other questions you got? Huge,
1: huge question comes in from Andrew. I'm going to see. Thank you, Andrew, for this question on Facebook. I'm going to see if I can summarize this. The short version is Andrew just created a problem for himself and it's all our fault. He took his 2016 Mustang GT with performance pack to his first ever autocross. Ah, yeah. And he is struck with how much he loves this. He had an absolute blast. Welcome, He realized for Andrew, the first welcome. time... Yeah, yeah. He realized for the first time his Mustang feels huge and heavy. He never felt like that before. And now he's like, this car's huge. He did a ride along with the local hot shoe. He was there with a Porsche club doing an autocross. He <laughs> rode along with the local hot shoe who drove him around in his GT3 RS and he decided that was... While very educational, he now decides that's the car that rules all and getting in his Mustang was hard again. He's also telling us he doesn't like that. But he's glad to have done the hot shoe thing. He felt like the stuff that we've said about autocrosses did translate. I'm thrilled about all this, Andrew. Here's where the question happens. So the disease of just liking cars, already struck. Now the disease of places I can go fast has struck. Right. I'm going to apologize to you and your significant others and your wallet for what happens next. But he's saying, okay, so what do I do? He, he, he's, he's so obsessed now. He's, he gets it so much. He says, my kids are going to autocross when they first learn to drive. He's just, cool. He sees cool. the value of it so much. And I love this, Andrew. Thank you. But he's asking, if I'm going to go start tracking and autocrossing more, do I trade up my Mustang for this duty, do I like like tune it up? Because it's my daily. Do I start modding it to be better as an autocross car, or should I go buy myself a cheap, yes, it's the answer, Miata and just do that for track duty. And you bring up you'd like to go to Road America mm. and Blackhawk Farm. So you've got to be somewhere up in the Wisconsin area, because both of those are Wisconsin local tracks. So you're thinking about, okay, this is what I'm going to do to track. Here's where I want to guide you a little bit, Andrew, and that is take a serious look at the kind of places you're most often going to drive like this. Is it going to be autocross mostly? Is it going to be Road America a lot? Because I think Road America, I think your Mustang would feel pretty great on there. I think you're going to go through brakes. But that's a track with some long straights. And it's a track without a whole lot of really tight corners. Mm, So while while the Miata would be fun in all of these scenarios, I think the Mustang would kind of come into its own on a place like Road America. Because I think Mm. you'd be thrilled to have the big power. Okay, I think your consumables are going to be higher because you've also got some big braking events at the end of some of those straights. But, <laughs> but I think you'd enjoy that power, whereas the Miata, you'd feel like, come on, come on, come on, on some of those big straights.
0: Sure, sure. But if
1: you told me you were going to autocross a lot, I would say go get yourself a Miata because you've got to have something little and sprightly to do those really tight. I mean, here's the thing. Autocross, you're lucky to ever get out a second okay that's a rare event that's where the Miata shines it's where these big cars don't so think about where you're going to be mostly and then play to the car's strengths. if it's going to be Road America a lot I think your Mustang would be great prepare for consumables because those high speed tracks with heavy cars blow through consumables so prepare for that but I think you'd enjoy it more than a Miata on something like that. But if it's going to be, I think, actually, if memory serves, Blackhawk Farms is a little more technical and tighter than, uh, than Road America, not some big straights like that. If it was there and autocross more, I would say pick up a cheap Miata. When we did our Generations of Miata, one of the owners had picked a car up for $2,000. So pick up a Miata for, wow, you know, yeah. six six or less thousand and make it your I'm going to chuck this car around car and enjoy the, the low consumables. Hopefully that helps, Andrew. But welcome to the extra layer of the disease uh, and uh, congratulations <laughs> and
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> there are Corolla questions on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed. There's two mm-hmm. actually. There's one from Drew yeah. saying, should we all take heart at the fact Toyota is offering a manual transmission on not just one, but multiple trim levels of the new Corolla hatch. And he's saying, Mm -hmm. is this a sign they're actually coming back around? They're baking a little more enthusiast goodness into their cars. And then Kevin on Facebook is saying, "Uh, just hypothetically speaking, let's say the only car you can afford is a Corolla. What modifications would you do to enjoy the car? Mm. I don't know that I've ever talked about Corollas so long in my life, but I will say, begrudgingly, Drew, I kind of hope that's the case. Mm -hmm. Toyota has a long racing history, a long history of building beautiful, fantastic cars. I mean, think of the Celicas from the late 90s, that that 89 Celica. Absolutely. Absolutely. Come on. Where is that car? Where are both those cars? I can't wait for the Mm -hmm. new Supra, honestly. But where are those cars as the enthusiast through line into their product lineup? We don't see it. And if it takes root in the Corolla, we are all for it. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. But not with yet. a caveat, only if it grows and blossoms from there. Because if it lands only on the Corolla <laughs> and doesn't go any further, then I'm going to be upset, as will a lot of other enthusiasts, because that Supra is not making noises about bringing a manual transmission to the party. So true, yeah. I hope yeah, they we'll do. See. And, Kevin, your question about, hey, I, I've got a Corolla. That's all I can afford. What mods would you do? I would start with wheels and tires, my friend. Mm -hmm. tires will make such a difference and wheels will bring the extra aesthetic enjoyment they are the least Mm, invasive it's just a wheel it's just a bolt-on you can put the old Mm -hmm. ones back on you can sell them if you don't like them you can try stuff on it doesn't modify the car in any meaningful way that you would that's excellent cutting or welding or anything like that sure wheels and tires just that alone but you can't go crazy as far as hey these wheels would look great on a Porsche 9 lip, no, they're not going to work on the Corolla. So you've got to go for the (laughs) wheels and tires that work for that car. And by that I mean, use the the wheel and tire selector thing so you can actually see them on your car. You know, kind of, instead of just selecting the wheel, in in outer space, that wheel looks good by itself. But then you actually put it on the car with your car color and you think, ooh, I I was off. I don't like that as much. So think simpler, cleaner, more classic wheel designs and you'll do well like bbs kinds of things but you also cool. don't want to make it appear like the wheels are more expensive than the cost of the car so that's the <laughs> that's other always a danger you. <laughs> you well i have to say
1: i i don't think that the sentence i'm about to utter has ever come out of my mouth oh no i i'm genuinely intrigued to drive the new corolla the hatch i genuinely want to drive that in manual transmission they, they. I forget Toyota's n- nomenclature for it, but they're talking about having the intelligent manual transmission, which is their speak for this has rev match up and down, and I think that <laughs> also suggests you can't turn it off, which will be a misstep. But yes, it's like honestly, EcoBoost that, is code for turbos.
0: Just say yeah, turbo. exactly. We're Just call fine. it a turbo. Let's move on.
1: We're all but fine but here's it. the thing. I I genuinely want to drive that Corolla Hatch to see if that is Toyota surprising us. Honestly, I I think look wise, hold. I'm like okay. All right, let's see if this is cool. <laughs>
0: let's, let's get, get in some it of those, so we don't have to look at it anymore.
1: Yay! Let's get let's get some of those little hatches together and see if Toyota can pull one on us. That would be really cool because let's be honest, just having the manual makes it better than the CVT. Just instantly, it's more just, fun without even right. trying.
0: You're right, yep. Yep. Drew. Begrudgingly, but I'm willing to give it a, a go. Let's 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 have at it. Let's give it a go. So I'm I'm with you. Let's, let's you see. You see Michael's
1: question on Facebook. Michael and his son, Alex. His nine-year-old son, Alex, loves to listen to the podcast. That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, Michael and Alex, I wanted to answer your question. Alex's question specifically was, if Paul and I had to pick only one car to drive for the rest of our life, what would it be? Money, Ooh. no object. Ooh. One car the rest of our life. Ah. But at least it's money no object. This is very difficult because the the question that happens a lot of times, and I, I'll, I'll answer it straight to you, Alex. The question that happens lots of times. Is this question comes up? People go, well, "What's your favorite car?" And I go, "You got to give me some sort of parameters." You know, <laughs> right, right. What I don't know. Realm you know, we're we talking it's, exactly, yeah. exactly. So what I decided to do here is look at look at my proclivities. Look at who I am, which is I am a guy that loves sports cars. I love loud bright sports cars, mm. but I live in a place that gets a lot of snow. So I've got to have something. You, you've just told me this is my only car, my okay. only car the rest of my life. I'm also assuming the fact that I'm still married, my wife has a car that we can actually get more than two people in. Ah, oh, so there it is. With,
0: there it is. Okay. Let's be
1: honest. Because, you know, that. but he's saying my car, my only car. Okay. Forward. All right. So, all right. I thought about all of these categories. I mean, let's be honest. The Lotuses are out. They're, they're out because... Do I want to drive one of those in the snow? I would, but should I? I don't know. And we we're also dealing money, no object. Here's where I landed. I'm also aware of the fact we can only deal in cars that currently exist. I would go out and buy myself a Lamborghini Huracan. Really? All-wheel drive. It's got all of the fun sports car things, but it's also all-wheel drive.
0: I, I think like that for you. I would get it done I there, do. Alex. I do. I think that gets it done. That's great. Alex, I'm gonna have to run home to mama. I'm going to Porsche, you know me. Not surprised. But I'm going for the Panamera, the full boat turbo SE hybrid, full on V eight engine, and it's got the shooting brake style and it's still got room for people, and it's blindingly fast and quick. You could track this car. Yes, both, for sure. It's going to run forever. It's got space for skiing and mountain biking and stuff. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. yeah, just bring everybody along. I love the Panamera for that reason. The Sport Turismo. It's got to be that Sport Turismo. Okay, Yeah, great. Very good call. Very good call. Almost the cost of a Huracan when you finally load those out. So I don't think Oh, it is. Oh, it's a quarter
1: million dollar car. It's absurd. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Yep.
0: Wow. All right. What are the questions we have here? Ah, Andrew's question. Facebook asking about cars hitting the Canadian market and Canadian auto journalists before the US market Mm, gives mm. two recent examples of the Genesis G70 and the Mazda 6 Signature. And I'm going to have to defer to the marketing departments of those car companies and say they feel like they know their markets pretty well and therefore they Mm -hmm. feel like, you know what, this is going to be our target market. Let's introduce it there. It doesn't always have to be the US. It really doesn't. And if mm. they know those cars are targeted at the buying proclivities of that area, guess what they're going to do? They're going to have launch events, and they're going to hand them out and say, hey, everybody, come see our cool new car, and they're going to do it in those markets. So that, that would be my guess is the marketing teams mm. who have parsed through information and sifted it so finely that they think they know <laughs> this is where the car should be introduced. That's sure, my thinking. Sure, sure. Interesting. Okay. Well,
1: another Alexander question, which is, uh, this, this one's actually on IG. He said, we've talked about cars that are moment-in-time cars. We bring up the Honda S2000. We've recently kind of put the, uh, the current Ford GT in that group, where it's just like something inexplicable, like a magic potion, came together at these car companies and made this car at this moment, and we don't know that that company will ever go back. Mm, sure. He's saying, what other cars would we put into that category? I've got they two just, that I can think of. Everything came together. Cool, cool. I'm, I'm hoping so. Uh, let me think. I was. You actually brought up, Alexander, you brought up the current Trackhawk. I'm going to go you one further and say anything with a Hellcat engine. Because <laughs> why in the modern time yeah. does that engine exist? And yet everything you put it in becomes a laugh. So it's just Dodge has found their niche of just being like, look at us, crazy engine. We put it in everything. And it is fun. So that has definitely happened because of where that car company lands. And then I'm also going to say, I think the 86 is a a moment in time car. Now, I will will recant that if they really do a worthwhile second generation. But I am not, at this point, convinced a second gen is coming. If Mm. they
0: don't do a second Mm -hmm. gen, that will be added to the list. Mm, Sure. Well, uh, I've got two that I can think of, both from the same manufacturer. And they are the 2011 BMW 1M. That is very much a moment-in-time car. Excellent, excellent, yep. And if we keep going back, the 2006 to 2008 BMW Z4M Coupe. Mm -hmm. That car is a brilliant car, and I don't know that that shape will ever be seen again at BMW. Mm, mm, I don't mm. get that sense. So those, for me, I think, okay, those could very much be moment-in-time cars, and it kind of ties into Randy's, question on facebook he says i've heard from my local bmw dealer that the m2 is being discontinued and being replaced with a competition version as a limited run and then discontinued altogether that is the opposite of what i've heard from bmw Mm. statements Mm. in general of course keep this in mind randy your bmw dealer wants to sell you a car and (laughs) guess what they're not making any more potato chips these are the last potato chips on planet earth you should buy some potato chips from me I just happen to have some. I have a bag. (laughs) Exactly. So I I have heard from BMW that they look at the M2 like they do the M3. They're Mm. limited edition, but they're not going to quit making them. And they're Mm, going to mm. continue to make the 2 Series as a, you know, all the different variants. So why not continue to make the M2 as well? Yes, the competition is coming out. People are going to pay more for it, of course. Probably this guy, if I could afford it ever and and get there. (laughs) Uh, but yes it still intrigues me. I don't know that it's going to make the M2 prices skyrocket like it did the 2011 1M car. I I kind of doubt it honestly. I, I'll I be just, very I surprised if the volume does that. cars in comparison. I think so too. Yeah. So yeah, I I I don't see BMW doing that. But again, keep in mind your dealer wants to sell you product whether or not you're buying or not. So that's that's the mindset I suppose. And then I've got a question here from Destin Cade about design language. How important is consistent design language if it's just ugly? (laughs) Did the designers (laughs) step back and think, you know what, guys? We screwed up. This is actually ugly, this whole lineup of cars. It's important to the marketing people and very not important to the designers. Because the marketing people, and glancing in your general direction, Nissan, they need a consistent (laughs) marketing look. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hate to tell you. But I think it's ugly. I think they're ready for a fresh start. They're ready for a change. I think everybody's waiting. But it gives them a whole family that they can put all the cars in one photo and say, look at all the cool cars we make. And they all kind of look like a family because they have this same squinty-eyed or weird shape.
1: Some manufacturers
0: do it better than others. But it still could be ugly. And Nissan is a perfect example of that at this point in time.
1: So I, I have a thought just now, just struck me. So we talk about the predator maw on all the Lexus. Can we refer to Toyota as the emoji grill? Does that apply?
0: <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll sure because it because sure. it
1: because it just it looks to me like a, a failed emoji slapped on a car. I'm not even sure what it's an emoji for, but I think it's some sort of squinty eyed thing. So we have the predator maw and the emoji grill. So there we go. There we go. Welcome to the Toyota product line. Uh, L. Uh, Bevin5 on Instagram said, what's our opinion on a used Audi TT? Which is a question in and of itself. But then he follows it up with, we recommend the Miatas and S2000s compare the TT to those. Very different question. I'm going to see if I can hit this at very high level real quick. The Please understand, what I'm about to say is not a slap. The Audi TT is, in many ways, a coupe version of the GTI. Sure, sure. There's enough platform sharing there that a lot of the dynamics and a lot of the realities of how that drives, unless you get up into the the big, the RSs in general, okay, they are essentially a coupe version of what the Golfs drive like. So if you like that, great. Now, swap that around and compare it to the Miatas and S2000s of the world. Those are rear-wheel drive those are going to be much different in the way they rotate and the satisfaction to the driver than GTIs and TTs are. So mm. I, I personally would never recommend somebody cross-shop a TT with they're looking for a driver's car first, and they were already looking at Miatas and S2000s. I think Miatas and S2000s do better as a driver's car first. Now, if you were saying to me, I want some class, I want some style, I want a nice interior, I love the, the, the Volkswagen product line, please look at an Audi TT, but you're now shopping a different... Just because it's front-wheel drive, you're shopping a different setup. That whole platform is very different in feel than those rear-wheel drive dedicated sports cars like the Miatas and the S2000s.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Okay, last question for me on IG from the handle, you-know-nothing Jflow iFlow. What would we consider the four-door MX-5? And I'm kind of thinking along the lines of a 2010 Hmm. Subaru WRX, somewhere in there. It doesn't have to be the STI, but Still something fun. It's got a turbocharged engine. It's it's iconic for what it is in that arena, and it, it's not the full hot thing. It's just still scampers, still small and lightweight enough, something like that, or maybe that ZHP unicorn version of that BMW E46, somewhere in there, it's, but it's got to be small enough. It's the right size. I to, see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? To, to kind of do that feeling that a MX-5 Miata would do, but of course... There's not an exact equivalent. It's well, and the tough problem
1: with four-doors. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. The problem with the four-doors in this world is the fact that in order to really have a four-door MX-5, you need to have a smaller four-door than anybody really makes to really get that kind of feel. And, right. and I'm going I'm I'm to go there. It's, it's a, there's reasons why I can say this directly to platform sharing. The Mazda RX-8 is pretty much the closest we got.
0: I suppose so. Yeah, and they're it kind is of door and a half. Four, Four door exactly. It's four door,
1: four seat, and technically the same bones as the NC Miata. That is really the closest we got. Because the problem that makes this difficult is just sheer size. Everybody making a four door right. is making one significantly bigger than the Miata. And if they, here's the thing, when they when the four doors get small enough to be close enough to say, oh, that's a four door Miata, it's now front wheel drive. When they get rear-wheel drive and and, and all that, now they're significantly bigger. So it's a really hard thing. I like that you went to the classic BMWs, and I say classic because the early 2000s BMWs are almost that old now. Crazy. Because they are still smaller than a lot of the the four-doors we get now and are genuine four-doors and still rear-wheel drive. It's a hard,
0: hard recipe for sure. Yeah, no kidding. Guys, thank you so much for writing to us. I really hope you enjoyed Podcast 300. But like Todd said, we are back to regular programming and we are really busy with Season 3 coming to Velocity starting July 7th, 2018. That's the first Saturday in July. We're really looking forward to sharing that with you. But in the meantime, both seasons are already available on Amazon Prime. Please check that out if you haven't already. And rate and review the podcast and also the show on IMDb. That is mm-hmm. really helping us right now and uh, with the direction that we're going, and we really appreciate that. So look up IMDb. That is a new place for you to rate and review the show itself, and then, of course, the yep. podcast on iTunes and everywhere else. So and the guys, Amazon
1: ratings help as well. All of those
0: yeah. ratings are, are really helpful. Agreed. Those three platforms,
1: yeah. iTunes, Amazon, IMDb, that helps people find the show, see what the show is like, hear your thoughts on the show, and it helps us grow.
0: Thank you so much. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.
1: Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO.
0: Technology Truths.
1: Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor.
0: What's with Janet's fangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? (laughs) LOL
1: and sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com.
0: Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something.
1: GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Napa know-how. right now you can get a twenty dollar prepaid visa gift card by mail with the purchase of a napa legend premium battery its durability and power make it the obvious choice for people who hate getting stranded by a dead car battery so pretty much everyone the napa legend premium battery and twenty dollars back quality parts helpful people that's napa know-how.
0: napa know-how
1: at participating napa auto parts stores and napa auto care centers limit two per household while supplies last offer ends two i'm rita foley with an ap news minute federal government worker blake murray in dc says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown it's pretty demoralizing um you know and i feel like